Welcome to Labor Pains Podcast, brought to you by Women Connect and Support. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am a woman that is very passionate and on a mission to help women and men that are struggling with infertility or loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy. I am here to help share stories of the struggles that couples have gone through to inspire and give you hope to continue on your journey to have a family to love. I have talked to so many men and women that have all told me the same thing, that they all felt very, very alone as they were going through the struggles and the grief. I want you to know that you are not alone and I am here to connect you to others to give you hope beyond the struggles and the grief. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to my guest today. This is a gal that I have met a long time ago. Um, <laughs> she was a teenager at the time. Uh, she played soccer with my daughters and and she may not remember this. Maybe she didn't know this. Maybe she did. She was known to me, and the girls always called her Barbie. She was <laughs> yeah. just beautiful. She looked like a Barbie doll, just her shape, her hair, her face. So her nickname was Barbie, but I won't introduce <laughs> her that way today. Um, but just a beautiful, beautiful woman. And we were kind of just reconnected. Of course, that was high school. We've reconnected. Um, through social media, run into each other every once in a while, didn't know she had a story and a journey that she went through to have her family. But I would like her to share that. And I would like to introduce Brittany. Hey, Teresa, thanks so much for having me today. You're welcome. So did you remember being called Barbie? I do. Okay. I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I miss. I miss those days too. Miss I, those days and miss those girls. Yes, you guys had some fun times together. That's oh, we for did. Sure. That's we did. We had sure. such a great team. Yeah. Yeah. Some other time, we'll have to go back and reminisce about about the old soccer days. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. But today I want you to share um, kind of your story. So I'm going to start with, if you can just share with me a little bit about you, your husband, when you decided to have a family, or if you did decide to have a family, and kind of if that was when you were dating, after you were married, kind of what that process, how that was in your relationship, how that started. So I met uh, my husband, Daryl, in 2003, and um, we started dating. Uh, we were absolute best friends and still are, um, and um, early on in our relationship, we started talking about family and children, and we knew that we wanted to have kids someday, and we were really excited about the idea. So I think it was pretty early on for us, and... Um, yeah, for us, it was just, just a given. It was gonna, it was gonna be what we were gonna do. We were gonna get married. We were gonna have a family together. And um, we dated for five years, and uh, were married in 2008. Uh, so we've been married for 12 years now. And um, yeah, throughout the entire time, it you know for us was just no question we were we were gonna build this family together. Okay, so, so when you got married in 2008, how quickly did you guys talk about having a family? Were you going to yeah. start having a family right after you got married in 2008 or wait a couple of years till you get your careers established or what was what was the plan? Yeah, so for us, we were going to wait a little bit. We um, wanted to have, you know, a little bit of time where it was just us and uh, we were living in a townhome at that time. We talked about getting our house you know, our first house together and getting that set up. So that's something that we talked about doing um, at first. And so we knew we were going to wait maybe a year or two years to get started. And then um, a little bit before the two-year mark, um, in March of 2010, uh, we started actively trying for a family. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
And so did that, did you start with a family right away or were there complications that you were unaware of? What, what kind yeah, of happened so, there? Yeah, absolutely. So there, there, it definitely didn't happen right away. Uh, there were, there were some uh, complications. We, um, we started in March, 2010. Um, I had been on, uh, on birth control for several years uh, due to painful periods, and um, and we decided to go off of the pill and start trying um, that March. And um, kind of like I think most women, with the assumption that you know that it would happen fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister and um, some of my friends had struggled uh, with infertility, and uh, my, again, my older sister had. So I. I knew that there was a chance it might not happen right away, but we were just so hopeful that it that it would. And um, so we start trying, um, and uh, it did take a while for us to get pregnant. Um, fast forward to the next year, um, we were in the first year of trying, and um, we uh, I went into my doctor and uh, to kind of find out what was going on. At this point, it had been a year. Um, of trying with no success, and uh, my doctor um, at that time um, threw that word at me, that like the dreaded word, um, and she diagnosed me um, as infertile, and told me mm. that um, that we were yeah that diagnosed me uh, with infertility, and I was just sunk. I was crushed to be honest. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I think I I didn't know that the year mark is usually when that tends to happen, and I thought, okay, it's just been taking a while. There was no doubt I was discouraged, and it was really difficult over that year, but I hadn't even thought of myself in that way. So I think that yeah. was a big, heavy word. Yeah. Yeah, that word yeah. is heavy. That's a really heavy word, and um, and it crushed me, to be honest. Uh, that was very discouraging, and um, I left her office, and I just was just you could have scraped me off before. And mm. I kind of went into a hole for the next year, to be honest. I was just done. I didn't want to deal with doctors. She had recommended some blood tests and to start seeing what was going on. And I just didn't have it in me to do that. I didn't hmm. have the fight in me to do that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I can, I can I, see that. And I think even going through that year, just from talking to other women, you know, you're you're excited, you want this family to start, and, and then your period comes, you know, and so there's disappointment, and then, okay, we're, we're excited, we're going we're gonna to try again, you know, and then the period comes, and there's disappointment. So a year of that, I totally understand, you know, that makes full sense that, like, okay, huge disappointment, you know, yeah. and, oh. and a lot of times Absolutely. with women, it's almost like a blame, like you're the one that's you know, you're absolutely. infertile, and so now I'm now you're blaming yourself for that. Oh, absolutely. I think it's so easy as women um, to take that on, and then um, that that blame becomes shame, and you just have mm-hmm. that internal shame, right? And it's a, it's something you need to hide, and you need to hide away from. And so, yeah. Oh, so well said. So, so I just, women, I did. because I think women feel like their purpose in life is to have children. A lot of times, that's yes their main purpose of life, which yes. is really oh, isn't true, but, but we, we think that. <laughs> we do. And if I can't do that, then what's my purpose, right? If mm. I can't do that well, then, um, then, then what am I good for? Or what am I doing? And, oh, it mm-hmm. is so depressing. It can be so defeating for, mm-hmm. for women I know. And it was so, de- so defeating. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's where I was. That's where I was. And I was just, uh, I would love to say that I handled it better or more gracefully at that time, but I didn't. Um, I just, it was just too much. And so I did what I could and uh, I hid (laughs) and I pretty much avoided medical, the medical field and doctors for about a year. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then in February of 2012, so now fast forward another year, now year two of trying. And then now, you know, February, 2012, my husband and I continued to try on our own, um, knowing there feeling just pretty discouraged, not being sure what would happen. Period comes, you know, month after month, that same period came that we're, we're going into year two of trying now. At the February 2012, what had happened at that time, 
um, is I started having pretty severe pain, um, ovarian pain, and um, and it was getting so bad um, that um, it was really hard to ignore. And uh, so February, March, April, and I'm trying to ignore it. God knows I did. And it just keeps <laughs> coming every month because I think as women too, I think sometimes we feel we get the suck it up buttercup attitude, right? Or we say, okay, just, yep, that's just periods are painful or that's just life, right? And we just suck it up. And yeah. so I did. I did. And, and I, I did it for a few months until finally things got so bad. Um, pain got so severe that I finally had to face the music. And that pain took me back to the doctor again. And uh, just my primary care doctor this time, different, different. Uh, I never returned to that gynecologist and it wasn't even her fault. I just, <laughs> I couldn't face her it again. So she got, she got fired inadvertently, you know, she just got fired and, <laughs> And I never returned to her. And I think there was shame, right, as we talked about that. There was sure. shame, you know, that mm-hmm. I, I couldn't return to her. And so uh, I go to my primary. They end up doing um, doing an ultrasound. And, uh, and an ovarian ultrasound revealed bilateral endometriomas, mm-hmm. uh, which I knew nothing about at the time. If anybody out there is familiar with endometriosis, uh, one of the four types of endometriosis is uh, or endometriomas, and they grow um, in or on the ovaries. And um, I had um, one in each, and they were sizable, and they were hurting. They were painful. Mm. And, um, and so they needed to be removed, and, um, and they needed to be surgically removed. And so um, she referred me to, um, to a gynecologist, who, an OB-GYN, who uh, was, knew about endometriosis. That was, you know, something that, that he knew about, and he, he liked to work with individuals who were struggling with. And so... So kind of um, his. To him. So kind of his specialty, if. Um. That's and, and or just it, where he was considered okay. kind of a niche, maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Kind of something. Yeah. Something that he. I maybe a specialty, but something. Yeah. That he. That he said. You know, I like to work with this. I know I'm knowledgeable in this. Okay. Right. That he felt knowledgeable in this, and so. I met my husband and I met with with this gynecologist. We have this consult. Um, and in 10, in 10 minutes' time, um, he has diagnosed me with endometriosis based off of the ultrasound results, and he has me scheduled for surgery with himself. And at that time, he said, he said, I, I know about endometriosis. I'm knowledgeable about it. I am a surgeon. I am, I think at that point he even said, I am not a specialist where I do endometriosis surgeries all the time. But mm. I do know a lot about this, and I feel competent and good to take this on. And that's mm-hmm. all I needed to hear. Um, and in hindsight, I, I would have probably asked for a second opinion. I would have um, asked for possible other options. But I think I was so, at that moment, just reacting, just overwhelmed by the diagnosis, by his, all of it, right? So I said, sounds great. Sign me up. So well, we and, and someone was, has yeah. figured out what's going on, you know, and uh-huh. someone says, I can fix this, you know, and the, the plan was to have children. And so you have a doctor that's going to fix it. And so you can have children. So, yeah, totally, totally makes sense that you sign up and say, yep, I'm in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it was just that. It was just that. It was someone who had an answer and it was like, okay, you're the guy, you're going to do this. You're going to fix mm-hmm. this. This is going to be good. And so the next week I actually had gotten in very quickly. And within a week and a half, I was having surgery mm. and um, to remove the endometriomas. And so it all happened very quickly. Um, and we were, we were very hopeful to just have some hope. And so uh, the surgery um, admittedly did not go well. Um, they were able to, he was able to get to some of the endometriosis. He was able to, um, to basically kind of do some, some, you know, eradication in there of the endometriosis, but, and he said it was just complex. And when he, you know, with endometriosis, sometimes, and most times, they just don't know what they're facing until they get in there. And so he, he realizes that it was much more complex than he was equipped for. And he said, I'm sorry, but it was, it was not a success, and um, we're, you're going to need probably follow-up surgery. Um, so I'm pretty defeated at that time. That was a pretty overwhelming time and pretty dark time in my life um, where, um, you yeah. know, I'm recovering from this surgery. Yeah, I've got a month recovery ahead of me, feeling pretty physically bad, and then knowing that this just, this just didn't go. And um, um, so 
it was, it was pretty tough. So within the next month or two, the endometriomas had come back. The pain was coming back pretty severely. Another ultrasound revealed they were back again. Mm. Um, things were pretty discour- yeah, pretty discouraging, disheartening, or so at that point. Um, and then I was set up with a doctor, and um, I want to say his name because he is just so phenomenal. But if there is any other woman out there who is going through uh, endometriosis, oh, my gosh, he's your man. Um, and there were girls who fly across the nation to see him. But um, his name is Dr. Patrick Young. And Dr. Young is the director of endometriosis over at St. Mary um, and um, in St. Louis, Missouri. And mm-hmm. Dr. Young is phenomenal. Um, so I was paired up with Dr. Young, and that's when our story kind of started turning around. He um, he met with me. He, he did an ultrasound. He figured out what was going on, and I was scheduled for surgery with him. Um, it did take a while to get on his books. Uh, he is a specialist in endometriosis and in, in, as a surgeon, and so it did take a while to get in with him, but it was mm-hmm. well worth the wait. Um, that following October, so now we're in October of 2013, um, I had my surgery with Dr. Young. Um, the surgery revealed stage four endometriosis, and it revealed that my there was so much endometriosis uh, that um, and endometriosis. I don't know, Teresa, if you're too familiar with it. Not um, not not a, I'm not that familiar with it. I mean, I know it's painful. Yeah. I know there are a lot of women that have it that never ever are able to have children. Um, you know, so I I think it's I, when I hear that word, I think, oh, no, I mean, my heart sinks, like, it's bad, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and, um, and so, endometriosis is, um, is where the endometrium lining, which we all have, you know, all women have endometrium lining, but typically it's located in the uterus, and for women with endometriosis, it is located outside of the uterus as well, and the endometrium lining sheds. Uh, we shed our lining and we bleed each month. And so the endometrium mm-hmm. lining sheds and it bleeds. And so um, when a woman has endometriosis, the endometrium lining is shedding, it's bleeding, but you're bleeding outside of your uterus. You're bleeding behind your ovaries. You're bleeding um, by your bladder. You're bleeding, um, you know, you've got ovaries or your rectum or and any of those areas and it's bleeding. And so what happens with any bleed is that adhesions form, the body sends the ambulances over there, right, to plug up the, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, that or to, to tend to it. And so adhesions then form. And so adhesions can um, obviously scar tissue forms. And um, depending where it is, the fallopian tubes, the ovaries, the uterus, wherever it is, um, it really can create a mess where um, it's, uh, kind of traffic blockers and stoppers, essentially, that really uh, can make it difficult then for to have a baby, you know, and uh, okay. to make it very painful as well. So, um, so the doctor, Dr. Young was uh, phenomenal, found out that I did have stage 4 endometriosis. They were able to detach uh, ovaries from the uterus. They were able to get things back where they needed to go. And so we were, that was kind of our first that was just our first ray of hope, if that makes sense, where things just went yeah. really well. We were told, yeah, we were told surgery was a success. He was able to get all of the endometriosis he could see. All body parts were back to where they were supposed to be, and I just, for the first time, was just feeling such hope. Wow. Um, so that was really great. Yeah, so now you had indicated with the first surgery that um, it came back. So what is the prognosis now for this surgery that to eliminate it and it not come back again? Or does it just continue to always come back? Does your body just allow it to always come back? Is it something in your, your makeup of your body, your chemistry? What does it continue to come back, I guess, is the question. Yeah, so, so that's a, yeah, that's a great question. So there's no cure for endometriosis, and mm-hmm. so um, it can always come back, uh, which is kind of the downside of it, yeah. is that it can always return, and, and there's always that chance that it can return. Um, but successful excision of endometriosis um, while preserving as much of the healthy tissue as possible, which Dr. Young does through a laser method, um, is is the best way to go because you can get to the basically essentially he has a laser method where he can um, he can kind of um, extract kind of layer by layer he just goes as deep as he needs to until he doesn't see it anymore. Uh, getting that endometriosis out in a successful surgery, getting that unhealthy tissue out, is the best way 
to kind of take it away in the future, if that makes sense too, right? Because it sure. creates all those problems. And um, and so, unfortunately, there's no, there's nothing to say it won't come back. But successful excision of as much endometriosis as possible, like a successful surgery like I had in 2013, um, can really be a, a jump start for success and, and preventing it for the future, at least, or slowing it down. And then another thing which is really um, helpful is that pregnancy can actually keep endometriosis away as well because you're not having your monthly cycle that causes oh, okay. And so that okay. can be really helpful. Um, that so can be like, really helpful as well for future. So it's like get pregnant quick. Yeah, that's, that, and that's what they say. <laughs> that was a point. <laughs> that's what they say. That is what they say. They say, like, we have a choice amount, right, as women. But, yeah, get pregnant. Get pregnant quick and do it often, right? And then if you yeah. can do that, then uh, you can keep that endometriosis away. And they do say that. And this doctor does say this to me. He says, you get in there, you, you get going, and you, you try to have as, as, honestly, have as many uh, babies as you can have, um, and then the window will probably close again. Yeah. Oh, so, um, yeah. So, so talk about feeling, you know, that clock we all feel that's ticking. Um, but yeah, yeah. 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 That's a little pressure too. <laughs> so yeah. when but you were diagnosed, yeah, yeah. When you were diagnosed with infertility the first time, was it because of the, was that the only reason that you had that diagnosis or did you know at that time even that you had you know, in yeah, so, yeah. Are, so in are there other underlying things besides that, or was that the only cause of the infertility? Yeah. So looking back now and knowing what we know now, it it very likely was due to the endometriosis undiagnosed okay. at that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was first diagnosed with endometriosis in the fall of 2000. Um, in the fall of 2012. So yeah, in 2011, when I very first went in and I sat with that doctor, and she said. Yes, yeah, you're infertile, um, and and you know this is a case of infertility. I had no answers, and there was no endometriosis yeah. known at that time to me. So it was just really like I just had a big question mark over it, right? It was like, what is going on? And then yeah, found out about the endometriosis uh, in the next Later. year, which okay. very likely, yes, very likely, um, with it being stage four, with it being what it was, as you said earlier, um, endometriosis greatly affects fertility. So yeah, we know yeah. we know now looking back that the endometriosis was probably uh, probably you know most definitely was the culprit, the cause from all along. And I guess they yeah. just give that diagnosis because you're saying we've tried for a year with no success. So then a diagnosis yes. is immediately slapped on that. No no reasoning why you're not right. able to conceive, but you've been trying for a year, so you are right. You, know, you exactly. have infertility, and that's all okay. it was. Okay. That's all okay. it was. And so I wish they wouldn't use that word on a side note because yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> that's a tough you word. Know, I wish that's, I, that's a tough word. Yeah, that's a for, tough word versus, you know, struggling with fertility or ongoing struggle. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a tough word. Yeah. So, okay, so surgery was a success, and then you, the doctor said, get busy. So what happened then? So he said, busy. yeah, at that point, <laughs> yep, we got busy. <laughs> yeah, he told us, it was, it, October was my surgery. Um, he actually told us to wait a little and get busy. We had to do a timeout for healing. So it was like a couple months of a uh, wait, a wait, okay. which was killing, he's telling you, because you're like, oh, wait, you just told me that there's this window and we need to get on it. <laughs> you're telling me to wait now. And he said, he actually told us that um, after an endometriosis surgery, um, that um, within 18 months, there is a window that um, if the surgery was successful, if they were able to eradicate the majority of the endo, he said that um, within the 18-month window that, you know, then we can, we can expect, uh, expect pregnancy, uh, potentially expect the baby. So, um, okay. So, okay. Um, so, yeah, we were told to hold off for a few months. And then, yep, we did, we did just that. We got busy. And, uh, and we started something actually. We were introduced by Dr. Young, the same doctor, to the natural family plan method. Um, which is, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, it's the Cretan method um, for fertility, and it's simply just tracking periods, right? You're tracking your fertility, and mm-hmm. you're tracking the days of ovulation, and um, so it's, it's worth looking into. Um, I think it, it was it's an amazing method, um, but it essentially traps your fertility, and so each day you're tracking based on signs of fertility, 
and you're tracking you're tracking different you know using markers to track uh, different uh, different things and then we would take our charts into Dr. Young um, and you know he worked with us to help see what was going on with my cycles and so what we were what it revealed which was was really telling was that you know obviously in addition to the endometriosis um, I had what they call luteal phase deficiency which meant that post-ovulation, the second half of my period, second half of my cycle, more so, sorry, was out was too short. And so I would ovulate and have maybe three or four days, and then here comes a period. And so it wasn't enough time for anything to take hold. And actually, right, there, it wasn't enough for the body to be able to actually um, do what it needed to do. And so uh, figuring this out, we uh, was able to pres- prescribe um, HCG injections which are typically used for weight loss. And, right. um, but it's an HCG compound, um, and it was an injection that um, we would do on certain days of the month to prolong my luteal phase, so to make it longer. And so that's just one example, but there were several things he was able to do to work with my body to find out what was causing what. And there were a couple other things, too, in there, progesterone deficiency and a few other things where he realized okay, we need to get these things into play. You know, we need to get you on this medication. We're going to try this and that. And so it worked out really well um, that he was able to, to help us in that way as well, in addition to being our surgeon, because we trusted him so much at that point. Yeah. He was also our NAPRO provider. He was also the one who was assisting us and helping us uh, and prescribing what was needed to be prescribed at that time. That's awesome. So that was really helpful. That was really yeah. helpful. And so that was our journey for the next year or so. And now fast forward, forwarding to, um, uh, we're fast forwarding now to December, January, kind of say January of 2015. And at that time, we had now been trying for about four and a half years. Um, we wow. had, yeah, we had no, no pregnancies at that time. Um, we were so still feeling pretty good and hopeful that my endometriosis was under control, that I wasn't in so much pain, that my quality of life was better. Um, you know, we were, you know, trying to just be faithful and follow God and, um, and, uh, just, you know, and I, something I don't think I mentioned in the beginning, but, um, but should have that, uh, that we, that was part of our plan too, was just following God this entire time and being so prayerful, trying to stay so close to him at times where we just felt so broken, so lost, where I felt so broken and lost and so, mm-hmm. um, so abandoned in ways. And so trying to just uh, stay close to God, trying to just stay close in prayer to him and follow his plan. Um, and in January 2015, we got a strong call on our hearts to look into adoption. And um, so that was kind of part of our journey too. And so in January 2015, we look into the adoption process, and we are on fire for it. We have we have this um, this calling on our hearts so strong, like do this, right? Like there's no way we could pass. Like let's do this, and it almost made no sense um, as way because that window our doctor tells us about that says, hey, you know, give it within 18 months. This is going to probably happen, and, and that window hasn't closed yet. It's not yeah. like you know, our doctor said no. We just got it on our heart, like let's do this, and so we we did. And so in January, my husband, Daryl, and I started the adoption process. We started seeking out adoption agencies, and we went through the steps, and we just got after it. And so for the next three months, we went into full adoption mode and felt just so, like, on fire about it, like, let's do this. And so we were to the point in March of getting ready to be matched with birth mothers. We had done our video. We had done our home study. Um, we were just really excited to meet our little one. We just didn't know where they would be, right? And we were so excited. And so we're starting to, to get matched with birth mothers. And right before our profile, adoption profile goes live, and we're getting ready to get matched with birth mothers, we found out in uh, April 2015 that we were pregnant. And oh, my that, gosh. Uh, yes. And um, which was just humbling and amazing. And it um, still gives me complete chills to say. Um, because we just, yeah, we didn't know what was going to happen in our journey, but we just we felt so blessed. Well, it was um, very obvious that you really wanted a family, and you knew that God would provide a family in some way. 
and whatever way it was, whether adoption or you carrying and having your own child. But I think sometimes what, what I'm thinking is, you know, were you not, it was almost like they say this a lot of times that people are so worried and caught up in the, in the cycles and, and tracking everything that they're almost a little stressed or consumed with it. And it almost sounds like with the adoption process that becoming pregnant wasn't on the forefront as much. And so then it just happened. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, right? You wonder, right? They say that. And I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Is there, is there something to this or not? Um, I, I think, and I think for us too, I think, I think there could be some truth in that. You know, I think for us too, I think, um, I do think God wanted us. You never know what God's doing, right? You never know right. what lessons are being taught. And he's, he's 33 dimensional, right? So when our, our little human brain says, oh, I know what he's doing. He was probably doing this. Yeah. He might have been. And he probably was also doing 50 additional things, right? Because he's God. He can do anything. Um, but one thing I do think for us that when I look back now, I think God needed us to let go and trust him. And I felt that on my heart so strong. Teresa, I can't even tell you how strong I felt it on my heart to adopt. That was not, you know, I don't, I, that for us wasn't a, well, we, we can't get pregnant, let's adopt. It was, because adoption is not easy, right? Anyone yeah. who's through it, anyone who started that process, anyone who's heard those words, just adopt, uh, who tries politely not to slap the person who said it. Um, <laughs> it is not easy. And I can actually tell you that that January through March was so immensely stressful. Um, it is, oh my goodness, it is, it is, it is such a journey to, to do that. Um, but, um, but it is, and ours was so short, right? So, so I just have all sensitivity for people who go through so much more than we went through. We've been mm-hmm. through nothing in comparison to some people, but, um, but man, that was just such a journey. And, um, and I think God, so, so my point is, yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't think, oh, we'll just kind of do, we'll just kind of, you know, let's just do this because it's not happening. And yeah. God put it so strong on our heart and our mind, and my husband as well, that it was like, this was the best idea in the world. This was the number one plan A, like, let's do it. It felt so good for us. It felt like such a success. It felt like we, we were grinning ear to ear the whole time. Like, we were so excited to get to do this. Mm-hmm. And then when we find out we're pregnant, there is such blessing in it. We were so excited. But I'll be very honest with you, it was confused. There was such confusion because I thought I was going to find my baby out there and my baby's now in here and how blessed we were for that, how immensely grateful we felt. But it was also confusing, if that makes sense, right? Because no, you start that on makes that journey. Total, yeah, that makes total sense. And, like, and so it's just, it's such a shift. You're shifting. Like, well, okay, okay, okay. Oh, no, this is good. <laughs> but you're having to adjust. And so I don't even like to admit to people that part, to be honest, that there was that adjustment period, that first few weeks I was adjusting. But it was such a big adjustment because we did think we'd find our child out there. And we found our child, you know, you know, within, and so yeah. we were so grateful the whole time. It was such a blessed, it was such a blessed journey with God. It was such a blessed journey. Wow. So, um, so we ended up we ended up having our son in December, and um, and we we laugh a little sometimes because um, I remember in March 2010 when we started trying, and I remember telling you I was naive a little. I thought it might happen pretty soon, so I remember telling my husband, "Well, we're going to have a December baby." Um, but that's okay, right? Because this is our little one, and we're so excited. And I remember saying, we're going to have a December baby. And we sure did. Five years later to that month, we had a December baby. And we were so uh, so blessed to bring our little one home. <laughs> so it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. We have cool to be thing. careful of what we say. <laughs> we do. I mean, we do. we do, I think, a lot of times, you know, say things that, absolutely come to fruition, you know, but in God's time, you know. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Wow. So, yeah. So you got so, pregnant, so that, you have a little boy, and were there any complications mm-hmm. or anything with the pregnancy, or was everything just me this could be after all of, yeah, all of this struggle for five years? I mean, yeah. So. So with the endometriosis, because, um, you know, that actually most of it, you know, was 
was taken care of by the way, I still had endometriosis. So um, with the scar tissue and the adhesions that were still within from surgery and all of the stuff that I'd been through, um, there were more um, sharp pains than I felt comfortable with, right? More mm. um, where you'd move, you'd stand too quick, and it was pulling of scar tissue but not knowing what was what. And I think as a, a first-time mom, or, you know, being very nervous and this is our little blessing and we're so excited. And so I think that was definitely um, throughout a few trips to the emergency room in the hospital just to make sure baby was staying put, right? So that was yeah. a little, that was a little stressful to be honest and, um, and did end up having him. Um, he ended up being born in December about a week early just due to um, the doctor being very mindful of that. If he's feeling and doing some checks to say, Oh, you're having a lot of sharp pain. We want to make sure that baby's staying intact. Let's go. We're going to just go ahead and induce early. So, yeah, no, nothing super severe, just enough to keep me on my toes um, and just stay close to God and, and keep, keep you know, praying that everything was safe for, for my little guy. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but not awesome. too bad. Not too bad. Gosh. And then, That's yeah, good. and then, um, and then um, as you know, uh, Teresa, because you know, you know our family, um, we then, um, after we had my little guy in, in December of 2015, we, um, we, you know, you know, we have him and we felt so grateful for him and we really wanted to try for another baby. And we knew at that time that if that was it, if we knew at that time that if, if God was going to give us one, we were more blessed than we ever could be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, we were just so blessed for this miracle and, and truly knew that. But we're, we're very hopeful that there'd be more. And so we, um, we started trying again. And uh, the, second, uh, the second try of trying uh, went a lot easier. Um, it, was, it was about six months of trying um, at that point and um, about five months of trying. And, um, and my doctor uh, did some tests to see what was going on. Um, and at that point, um, there were some things going on with, uh, if anyone's familiar with like AMH or FSH tests, uh, some people are probably shuddering right now on those horrible tests that tell you about your egg count and all that, that stuff that women mm-hmm. don't even want to think about. Um, but it was told that my level was a below a one and that there was a very good chance I wasn't going to get pregnant again. Um, oh, wow. very good chance that, um, yeah, and that doctor told me, this is Dr. Young said at this point, uh, Brittany levels are below 1.0. This doesn't look good for you. Um, your the surgery likely did you know did, did did a number as well as your age and all of this stuff and um, unfortunately um, things are probably just too low and it's a, there's a very good chance that um, one and done that um, that this that this was it and mm-hmm. um, and so that was pretty disheartening to hear um, but we felt very very grateful for my son and um, the doctor uh, Dr Young uh, was amazing and, and said you know let's not throw in the towel let's try some things and he actually uh, prescribed me electrical and said let's let's go ahead and just try and see what this does and um, it was on my after my first round of letrozole that we ended up pregnant with my daughter oh and my we were again absolutely just um, completely humbled and blown away because um, we didn't think that we were going to get her right yeah and, and you did something that you just you just don't think there's even any chance and we were pretty much told there's no chance. And then here, here God shows up again. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. So we were pregnant with my daughter awesome. and we ended up, um, yeah, we ended up uh, giving birth to her in February, 2018, uh, which was pretty cool. There's so, always a chance with God, right? <laughs> oh, there's always a chance with God. He is so good. <laughs> he is so good. And oh. yeah, he's so much bigger than, he's so much bigger than what we can see. And, um, yeah, for sure, so for bigger. sure, for sure, bigger than what science and doctors tell us sometimes. I mean, oh, I'm hearing yeah. that over and over and over again. You know, that science oh, and doctors yeah. are saying one thing, and then whoop, nope, that's not how it is. <laughs> no, because I think sometimes God wants sometimes God wants um, humans to be the answer. He allows them to be right. He's always the answer. But I think I don't know if you agree, but I think sometimes. God allows human beings to be the answer for each other, right? Dr. Mm-hmm. Young, in some ways, right, was, was an answer for us. And we, we're the answer for each other at times, right? Not, not the be all and all answer, but can be the help, can be the aid, or can move things along. But I think sometimes he um, wants us to, I think most times, if not all times, he wants us to be able to look to him and say, hey, 
look up here. I'm here, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got you and I'm, and I'm going to be the answer here. And I can't tell you how many times I've hit Google um, in our infertility uh, journey. I can't tell you how many times I Google search how to get pregnant, <laughs> how something would go, uh, praying for Google to be the answer, praying to find the answer somewhere here on earth and um, how frustrating it is when you can't. So I'd love to say that we kept faith the entire time, five years through, but, um, but that's not true. <laughs> there are definitely oh, times sure. and days where we lost that faith and, and it was so tough and so hard and, um, you know, just, but then where else do you go? So we, we, we return to God and we just, we keep leaning on him, you know, if he, and then he comes through so big for us. And yes. So big, so, yeah. yes. Yes. Absolutely. So then you had a little yeah. girl. To you know, my mind, a girl. A miracle little girl. Miracle little girl, the absolute miracle little girl, and um, and so we have our son and our daughter at this point. And, and pregnancy for are, her was pregnancy for her was okay, similar to so your pregnancy son. For, yeah, so actually, with my daughter, uh, we found out that um, we um, there were some complications during uh, the pregnancy with her, uh, but we didn't know about them at the time. Uh, my daughter, with my daughter, I had placenta accreta. And um, thank God up above, we did not know about it. So, um, so yeah, not thankful, right? Like at the time, it would have been nice to know about that and prepare a team and all that for her delivery. Um, but everything, let me put it this way, everything went beautifully, thanks, thanks to God. And so mm-hmm. my daughter ended up being delivered two weeks early. Um, and, yeah, so, so let me back up a step. During the pregnancy and the delivery, everything was perfect. After the fact, we found out that I had placenta accreta um, after her delivery, and um, and that retained placenta. And so um, I went back in to have um, they did a DNC hysteroscopy to remove that and found out mm-hmm. how much there was. And then as a mom, you kind of look back and you think, oh my gosh, that could have been so bad. And there's yeah. that, that fear of what that could have been like, um, because as you know you know, detached placenta and, and potential hemorrhage for, you know, ba- baby being safe, mom being safe. And so um, after the fact, we found that out and just felt so grateful and thankful to God that everything was blessed. Everything went really well during that. So, yeah. So Good. to answer your question, everything went great during. It was only after the fact that we were sweating <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, always good. Always, <laughs> always, always on our toes. <laughs> yes. With Absolutely. That. Yeah. So and awesome. then um, and so then yeah and so then um so then our story um our story then continued in uh, the next uh, in the next year uh, my daughter when my daughter was 11 months old we um, got a, a little surprise a very big surprise and we found out we were pregnant with my son um, oh, my and um, big blessing just as much a miracle as the other two um, complete miracle. And um, a surprise blessing, and um, was pretty cool. So we uh, we were pretty overwhelmed and overjoyed. This time we were spared that part of waiting uh, that hurts so bad month to month. And as women know, it's such a painful thing. And uh, mm-hmm. we felt just so grateful and thankful. And we uh, we call him our surprise blessing or our freebie. <laughs> our, our beautiful bonus. Our beautiful bonus. Our beautiful little guy who um, who. Um, again, uh, we we couldn't have asked couldn't have asked God for more. So yeah, God is so good, and and uh, yeah, it was a it was a long journey, but it was um, we we learned so much from it. That's I'm awesome. So grateful, great, so grateful for for everything we have now. Yeah, and so Dr. Young was a huge, huge blessing in your journey, and when he said get busy. You know, <laughs> that you have this window. Yeah. <laughs> and we did, yeah, we were, we were yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I have to give it to him and I have to say, so he says there's this window and he says that it is likely that, um, that with surgery, um, there's this 18 months, for some reason, she seems to be this 18 month window that, that 18 months post-surgery is that optimal time where you're likely to get pregnant. And I do have to give him, give him this. He was completely <laughs> right. We got pregnant with my son 18 months to to the day for my surgery. Oh so my I, gosh! He, just, he knew what he was doing, and, and God knew what he was doing, and yeah, and it, oh, and it's uh, it was good. But wow, yeah, it was um, yeah. So 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 such a such a um, 
Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, that happens a lot with women is, you know, the journey is long and there are a lot of ups and downs. Um, There are those women that have no trouble at all, but there are so many women that we don't know about, you know, everything that they have went through um, to have those little guys that they have. Um, So is there, is it in God's hand if there's any more to come or have you thought any more about adoption since that was so heavy on your heart to do? Yeah, so um, at this point, we are we are living life with our three. We're feeling so blessed with our three. Okay. Um, we and um, and so that's where we're at right now. But we keep listening to God. We're we're just keeping we're just keeping our trying to keep our hearts and our ears and uh, open to minds open to um, to anything He has planned in the future. Um, we don't have. I've been asked that about the uh, an adoption. You know, or would we adopt in the future? And honestly, God put that call on our heart so strong, Teresa, that mm-hmm. no one could have stopped us, right? It was like when God tells you to do it, you feel it. You're like, all right, I'm going, Lord. I'm doing this with you. And yeah. so he hasn't put that call on our heart. We don't have that. It's like it, 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 it was there, and then when we were pregnant, it was gone, and it hasn't returned again. But, um, huh. but if he would... It would, we would be all about it. I, um, I have a little brother who's actually adopted uh, from Guatemala, and, um, oh. and I've seen how amazing adoption can be. And like I said, God put that on our heart so strong that, that if he did put that back on our heart again, we'd be all about it. We would be yeah. there all the way. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Well, quite a journey um, you had for sure. And, of course, joyful, very joyful ending to the rough, rough, well, five years. But, obviously, you know, you had a lot of pain and not even knowing what your your diagnosis was for for years. Um, As women, I think we have cycles and we we endure pain with every cycle. But with Mm -hmm. yours, just even more of that that pain. you know, with the disease and stuff. So I always like to conclude with the same question. Um, And that would be if you could just share with the listeners any hope or encouragement to someone that might be struggling, you know, with the diagnosis of infertility, with the diagnosis with, um, you know, the endometriosis, um, with the thought of even, you know, whatever, whatever you want to share to kind of help those other women, if possible, that are, are struggling right now, because you've, you've lived it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what I would say is, first of all, you are not alone. Uh, Teresa, this, what you're doing with this podcast is so phenomenal. And I know we were talking about that before. It just, um, because I wish there was a podcast like this five, five, six, seven, eight years ago, right? Um, when I was going through it, and I think it's so beautiful what you're doing uh, for women by letting them know just that. But you are not alone. Um, you are not alone, and it feels like you're alone. Uh, you're listening to this right now from your car. You're listening to this uh, from your from your bedroom, wherever you're at right now. Possibly, possibly just thinking of your own journey and just saying, "Yeah, it's nice for this girl, but man, um, this is this is the socks, right?" Um, but you are not alone, and your story is not over yet. And that is what I would tell women, that your story is not finished yet. Um, God is not done yet. Um, we like to sometimes put that finish line there to say, oh, well, this was a, that's a wrap, you know, this was, this was, a, this was a good run. Um, and I did that several times in my journey, and I'm just trying to remember that God's not done yet. And your, your story is not over. Your story is not finished. You are not alone. And trying to just encourage uh, listeners to reach out if at all possible. Reach out to anyone that you can. It's so easy as women to experience this and to feel shame about it, to feel embarrassment, to feel like our bodies aren't doing the one thing they're supposed to be able to do or and our bodies aren't, that we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. And it's so easy to retreat. But don't retreat. Or let yourself retreat on some days. Don't give yourself that permission to, to to opt out of certain things and retreat. But if you can, reach out. Reach out to your friends. Reach out to your sisters, your mom, your support, the women that you have around you. 
find one or two trusted people that you can talk to. Get a counselor if you don't have one and you need one. That is so, so important on this journey is having somebody that you can say anything to and talk to and know that you have a safe place. And another thing I'd say for the endometriosis part of it is um, it can be so defeating sometimes um, living with endo and just feeling so discouraged by it. Um, and I would definitely say to get set up with a good specialist. There are phenomenal specialists out there. Uh, Dr. Patrick Young is one. Um, he is um, in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, if you guys want to look him up. Um, and um, But there are so many like him, great surgeons out there, great specialists out there. And when you start getting some of those answers, it can really help shed some light on your journey and help you know even more so that um, you're not alone and uh, that there's more to come. Awesome. Thank you so much for that encouragement. Absolutely, Teresa. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that's really the points that you made are so, so true, you know, that women do need to reach out to other people and to find the right doctor that's the right doctor for you and seek those, the doctor, and seek answers. And not yeah. just from Google. <laughs> you and know? not just from Google. Don't get on Google. Don't get on Google. <laughs> Google is not your friend right now. Don't get on Google. Yeah, seek those, seek those answers from other people that have already went through that journey that can truly guide you in the right direction for sure. Because I think sometimes when we Google, we get even more discouraged. So find, find oh, somebody yeah. that can encourage you instead, like Brittany. So I want to thank you again for sharing and sharing with the audience um, your journey I know it's going to give hope to so many other women, and I so appreciate you taking the time to um, be on the podcast today. So thank you again, Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and thanks so much for what you're doing. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you again so much, Brittany, for sharing your story of hope and encouragement with all of our listeners. If you have found encouragement by listening to this podcast, please subscribe and give a review. But most importantly, share this with a person you know that it can help. Also, we know that sharing a story is powerful and will always inspire others and give them hope. If you would love to share your story, of course, reach out to me. And if you are interested in being in contact with Brittany, she would love to talk to you and inspire you to continue your journey. So connect with me on Facebook through Women Connect and Support or by sending me an email at Teresa, it's T-E-R-E-S-A, dot women connect 2019 at gmail.com all of this information will be in the show notes including my phone number and as always i want you to know that you are not alone on this journey and we are here to connect with you and give you support through this most difficult and impactful time of your life